Looking for a new show to dive into? Well, go to Hulu and see what's new, because Hulu has new stuff all the time. Like the full season of FX's epic limited series Shogun, FX's new international spy thriller The Veil, starring Emmy and Golden Globe winner Elizabeth Moss. And don't miss the all-new crime series Under the Bridge, inspired by shocking true events and starring Riley Keough and Lily Gladstone. It's all new, and it's streaming now on Hulu. Hi, it's Martha Stewart. You know, I spend a lot of time thinking about dirt. At 3 a.m.? At all hours of the day, really. What people don't know is that not all dirt is the same. You need dirt with the right kind of nutrients. New miracle Grow organic raised bed and garden soil is so dense, so full of nutrient-rich, high-quality ingredients. miracle Grow is simply the best. Welcome to True Crime Garage. Wherever you are, whatever you are doing, thanks for listening. I'm your host, Nick, and with me as always, ladies and gentlemen, the creator of all of the garage office gossip. He is the water cooler captain. I don't start the fires. I just add the gasoline. It's good to be seen, and it's good to see you. Thanks for listening. Thanks for telling a friend. This week we are drinking Intergalactic Juice Hunter by Odd 13 Brewing in Lafayette, Colorado. This is a New England-style IPA, nice and hazy, brewed with Galaxy and Amarillo hops, and an ABV of 8%. Garage grade 4 out of 5 bottle caps, and thanks to some of our dedicated friends of the garage. First up, we raise a glass to Melissa in Thornhill, Ontario, Canada. And a big We Like Your Jib to Eric in Madison, Wisconsin. Next up, we have a thank you that we want to send out to Daniel in Melbourne, Australia. He says, listening to TCG at work puts a spring in his step. And a big cheers to Joanne in Whitman, Massachusetts. Next up, we have Lauren, a Buckeye fan foe life in Savannah, Georgia. And next, a big cheers to Jennifer C. in the parts that are unknown. Thanks to everyone for fueling the Flying Garage ship for this week's show. If you want to put a little beer in the gas tank for next week, go to truecrimegarage.com and click on the donate button. And this is the last week to pre-order your True Crime Garage Plumbing Company t-shirt. If you don't order this week, use a piece of shit. And that's enough of the business. All right. Thank you, Captain. Everybody gather around, grab a chair, grab a beer. Let's talk some true crime. Let's get right into what we know about Daniel Nations. He was born on October 18th, 1985. His life has been plagued by violence and dysfunction. He never knew his father, who was in prison for child molestation. 
He was raised by his grandparents in Chesney, South Carolina, with visitation to his mother, Rebecca Smith, on weekends and holidays. In November of 2002, when he was 17 years old, Nations was staying with his mother, Rebecca, when she was murdered by her brother, James Jr. Cummings. Her body, naked but for underwear and a cast on a broken arm she suffered in a fight with her boyfriend, was dragged into the woods and covered by leaves. Rebecca's autopsy revealed that she had cocaine in her system and had been stabbed twice and had a broken jaw and nose. Nation's grandmother says she asked Nation's and his wife to move off of her property years ago and hasn't spoken to him since. It's unclear where Nation's was between the ages of 17 and maybe about 22 or 23, but at some point he went into the Marines. He was dismissed after about four years for general unhonorable meaning his performance was satisfactory, but he failed to meet all expectations of conduct for a Marine. During his service in the military, Nations claims to have developed PTSD and severe anxiety disorder. It's possible that these mental afflictions are likely why he would end up being treated leniently by the judge in the Hatchet case. But the Hatchet case was far from his first run-in with the law. Yeah, because Nation has a pretty long criminal history. He has convictions for public indecency in North Carolina that stem from two 2007 incidents where he was masturbating in public, deliberately exposing himself to more than one victim. Mm, Pulling a Louis C.K. For these 2007 offenses, Nation served two years in prison and was required to register as a sex offender. After his release, he moved to Indiana, where he was required again to register as a sex offender and did so in Carroll County. But he failed to register as a sex offender in Johnson County as required. He had no fixed address and was living under bridges and at campsites. Although we don't know if that was still the case during the time frame when the Delphi murders took place. In 2015, Nation seems to have really started into a downward spiral. He was arrested in March of 2015 on marijuana charges. He was arrested in July for pleasuring himself and peeping in the stall of a woman's restroom at a gas station in Indiana. This guy's just a sicko. In November, he failed to appear in court for the indecency charge and was arrested and negotiated a one-year suspended sentence. In December, he was arrested for domestic battery for an incident where he punched his wife, Caitlin, in the face, breaking her nose in front of their children. He served 99 days in jail for that offense. Yeah, it seems like they're giving this guy a little bit too many chances and negotiating things that they shouldn't be. In 2016, Nations managed to be arrested only once. You know, good for him. (laughs) All right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, This was for possession of marijuana and drug paraphernalia. But that's just when he's caught for things. Right. Think about how many times he probably pulled out his little wanker and started pulling the pud and didn't get in trouble for it. Well, this offense included driving without a license as well. In early 2017, Nations initially checked in with law enforcement weekly as required by his sex offender status. He checked in on February 14th as scheduled. That is the day that Abby and Libby's bodies were discovered. 
He was arrested and jailed for four days in January of 2017. Question for you, and you might not know this, but was that the first time he started checking back in? Uh, no, he was actually checking in. I have his his extended record if you want to so peek into that for a second. Well, but the overall thing was he was checking in for a while. It wasn't just the first time he started checking back in. Well, so my records that I found were related to 2017. They 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 start in 2017. Mm-hmm. So on January 31st, Daniel Nations checked in with law enforcement per his requirement to register as a sex offender. Then he checked in again on February 7th, February 14th, when the bodies were found. So he was required to check in weekly. Right. And as far as I can find, his weekly check-ins started on the 31st of January. That could be incorrect, but we do have regular check-ins on the week, weekly, as scheduled, right. starting the last day of January in 2017. And did he have any more public games of flicky flicky um i don't believe so but he's he still had run-ins with the law Mm -hmm. so you know the the really big time in question would be february 13th and february 14th you know when when the girls are missing when the bodies are found we know he checked in on the 14th and we also know that he did serve four days in jail in february this for failure to appear in an earlier eviction case right He was released after those four days, and he did continue to check in, notifying of a change of address to the Greenwood Motel in Indiana. This was on April 12th. He was arrested again on April 25th for marijuana possession and a driver's license violation, and he failed to appear in court as required in July of 2017. Now, this is because on May 12th, he checked out of the Greenwood Motel, and as he says, he went to Colorado on that day. Right, but we can't be 100% sure of that. Mm-hmm. When Abby and Libby were killed on February 13th, Daniel Nations was working for a construction company in Zionsville, Indiana, which is about an hour's drive from Delphi. During his time living in Indiana, Nations rented various apartments, and people who interacted with him had some choice words to say about him. Like now what? tell me well we'll get into that tell me what they said uh nations caitlin and his kids and their kids i'm sorry were evicted by bernice riggs after racking up one thousand dollars in property damage another landlord randy hamilton rented nations and his family a house in martinsville hamilton and he had this to say about daniel nations quote he's a damn nut I'll tell you that he's the weirdest person I've ever met in my life. He had a zero tolerance temper. He chopped trees in a chair with a hatchet in a fit of anger. Hamilton said a woman who employed nations on her farm in Martinsville. She told CBS Denver that quote, he was definitely not a good guy and he had a very bad temper. He trashed the apartment. She rented him frequently became violent, destroyed property, and even threatened one of her family members with a hatchet. And this woman goes on to say that it got so bad that she had to get police and the courts involved to have him forcibly removed by court order. Yeah, here's this lady trying to rent him out of place, trying to give him a job. He destroys the place, and then he won't even leave. Mm -hmm. Yeah. 
And it actually appears that before, even before he was arrested in Colorado, that Nations was being looked at as a potential suspect in the Delphi case. Mm -hmm. From what I could find, it looks like on July 18th of 2017, the Indiana State Police began investigating Nations because he failed to check in since April of that year. And he departed from his known address, the, the motel. Of course, we now know that they would find him in Colorado, this being in September of 2017, pursuant to the tip about his similarity to the Delphi suspect sketch. At the time of Tim Watkins' murder, Nations and his wife, Caitlin, and their two little kids were living out of their car and at campsites throughout Colorado. Nations' brother, Edward Lyles, had been assaulted and murdered in Colorado Springs in early 2017. He was kicked in the head by steel toe boots. Edward's murderer, Matthew Stroker, was sentenced on the same day that Tim Watkins was killed. And this murderer's lenient sentence of only 16 years, some have speculated, could have caused nations to go off the deep end and lash out at the first person that he saw. Or that happened by. Yeah. When Nations was arrested in Colorado, there is an interesting side note. Right before he was arrested, he and Caitlin pawned an unknown item at a local pawn shop. Now, presumably, it was something not linkable to Tim Watkins, or police would have noted that. Right. If the the pawn shop was honest. Mm -hmm. Oh, this is where I had his, uh, his... some of his description, Daniel Nation's physical mm-hmm. description. Um, it's worth noting that the yeah, arrest affidavit like a- listed Nations as being 170 pounds with brown eyes and hair, and his residence was listed as transient. Mm-hmm. So I I didn't peg him just from seeing the mugshot. I didn't peg him for 170 pounds, but still probably not as big as what the bridge guy looks like. Yeah, well, shit weighs a little more. Caitlin told his wife, Caitlin told Colorado investigators at the time that she was, that she not nations was the owner of the 22 rifle Mm -hmm. that she purchased it. She says for protection after their car was broken into and Caitlin had her own problems as well and was wanted in the Carolinas on a failure to appear in court for what I, I don't know. Right, but just because she has ownership of the gun or claims to have ownership of the gun, you know, Nations has access to the gun. Yes, and that's what's so tricky about this. And then you have the added fact of the lenient sentence for his brother's murderer. Right. You, all right, so we have a guy. Let's, that, that's your motive. If right. you break this down in, in its in its simplest form, we have a guy that is described by everyone. Before he even gets to Colorado, he's described by people in Indiana as a strange dude that has a, a horrible, violent temper. Well, yeah, they call him nuts. Yeah. And that's not just because he goes around showing everybody his nuts. It's not some clever nickname. So we have this guy that, that has a known violent temper. Then on top of that, we know that he has access to a gun, to a firearm. On the same day that Watkins went missing, his brother gets this lenient sentence for, or I mean, his brother's right, right, murderer right. gets a lenient sentence. Yeah, so it's almost like justice is not done. My brother was killed. Justice should be done. 
oh, you're not going to do justice? Well, I'm going to go kill somebody, and let's see how you like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, we're, we're discussing a guy that doesn't reason well with, with anything. No. You know, to the point of waving a hatchet at people. Yeah. Do we have a situation where he's out in the middle of nowhere and comes across this biker, Tim Watkins, all by himself and decides to take out all of his anger and frustrations on just some random stranger? Yeah, because we know that Tim would confront somebody if he thought somebody was doing something wrong. Mm -hmm. And so was Nations doing something, and then Tim said, hey, buddy, uh, you shouldn't do that here. You Mm -hmm. shouldn't shoot your gun over here because there's people riding their bikes, and then Nation just lost it. You also have to wonder, too, could the the shot that took out Tim Watkins' tire on his bike, could that have just been an accidental thing? Right. And then and then Watkins might fly off off the chain there real quick because we're talking about expensive bikes. We're yes. also talking about a guy that we, we have his wife saying, hey, yeah, he, he worked hard and he worked at these bike repair shops and at these bike shops and, and so on and so forth. But money seemed to be an issue inside their marriage. Does did Watkins finally have enough of it saying to himself, you know, I've spoke to I've been nice about this as long as I could have possibly been nice about it. Right. And, and on th- top that of I've, that- I've confronted many people that have been out here illegally shooting their guns. Mm-hmm. And now this Yahoo accidentally just de- destroyed my bike. Mm-hmm. And maybe he's not so friendly when he approaches this person, be it nations or somebody else. Yeah, could or the could fact that first that he, shot just have been an accident that led to to a road rage situation where where the one man's holding a gun and the other ends up being a murder victim? Right. And again, how far is he off this trail? And with a flat tire, then you got to carry this bike back. So it's you could be super pissed. In September of 2017, Daniel Nations was being looked at by Colorado law enforcement for the Tim Watkins case, as well as the hatchet menacing allegations and the possible connection with the murders in Delphi. Now, he seems to be in a lot of hot water as a potential suspect in two murder cases. For one thing, the El Paso County authorities seemed very interested in him for the Tim Watkins murder. But unbelievably... Although investigators questions, question nations about Watkins, they say they thoroughly investigated him. They never named him as a suspect in Tim's murder. My problem is we have reason to believe that it was a twenty two used in his death. We have nations with the ability to have a twenty two, So that lines up, but also that we have tests that can't be run on these guns or on the bullets. The only thing that's going to seem to really stick here is the hatchet charges where, you know, and nations denied threatening anyone with a hatchet. He told authorities that he was just yelling at people and shaking his fist. Sure. But the hatchet found in his car and the multiple witness reports, we have multiple witnesses reporting the same thing seem to clearly be enough to bring the charges against this guy. Well, he's a lifelong criminal. I mean, you can't believe what he says. Three months after his arrest, prosecutors cut a deal with nations that allowed him to plead guilty to one felony menacing charge and the weapons possession charge. And he actually received no jail time for this. He got three years probation in the Uh, plea deal. Well, the problem I have with this 
turd turkey is that he keeps getting these chances, it seems like, and chances that most people shouldn't get. Mm-hmm. And I just wonder if they're, like you said, is there something with the military PTSD or or anything where, where is there something in the file that they're being so lenient? Because, mm-hmm. I mean, being on a, being out in the woods and threatening people with a hatchet should be taken serious. Well, I'm certain that it probably was. I wonder if we have a situation where there's extenuating circumstances here. That, right. That, okay, so we're, we're talking about an area that people probably travel to to stay, be it for camping or any other reason. I wonder if some of these people that he threatened if they were out of towners, these are people that you would need to testify against him in court. Right. I mean, who knows what their level is personally. Are they willing to travel out of town, take a day off of work to testify against this guy? Meanwhile, they might have the prosecutor telling them there's not going to be a court date because he's going to plead guilty. And therefore, I think that we we have this this plea deal that's worked out it was probably fairly lenient coming from the prosecutor's end, but again, it it could be his some of his background may have led to it being what is ultimately. I think I don't see how anybody can look at it other than a lenient sentence. Yeah, it's almost like he's getting these free passes out of jail. Here you go. Detectives told Tim Watkins' family that they had no evidence to link nations to the murder scene. Ballistic tests were inconclusive because the bullet inside Watkins was too deformed to to match to a possible murder weapon. And according to local media, DNA tests were also inconclusive, though it's unclear whether nations submitted DNA or what DNA might have been found, if any. In any event, Nations was released from jail in Colorado in January of 2018 with just probation he remains among multiple, that's air quotes, multiple people of interest in the case, said Kurt Smith, an El Paso sheriff's detective. He says, quote, it would be nice if he gave a truthful statement to police. And he continued saying that's about the best thing he could do for himself to exclude himself from the Tim Watkins murder case. Yeah, but Indiana's not going to be done with him and they're going to extradite him from Colorado. Yeah, that's because he's facing charges in three counties for, among other offenses, failure to register as a sex offender and possession of marijuana. Now, for this, he pled guilty and served some time in multiple jails. In early July, he returned to Colorado Springs, to that area, to try to regain custody of his children, who were taken by Children's Services and were now the subject of a custody dispute between Daniel Nations and his wife, Caitlin, who had divorced him. Nations gave a lengthy, sorrowful interview to Colorado Springs Gazette in August, in which he called the Watkins allegations preposterous and said, quote, I'm not what they made me out to be, end quote. He told the paper that he wants to clear his name, that he is a victim of all the rumor and speculation about Delphi and the Mount Hermon incidents. Nations admitted only to illegally possessing a firearm and for failing to register as a sex offender in Colorado. 
He said he took the plea deal in the hatchet case just to avoid jail time and that he did not threaten anyone with a hatchet. And Nation said he has too much self-respect as a former Marine to dress sloppily, carry extra weight, and have longer hair like the Delphi composite sketch suspect. He also said he has an alibi. He was at his wife's ultrasound on the day of the Delphi murders and that he gave his DNA to the Indiana State Police. Now, it is worth noting that Caitlin did apparently have an ultrasound appointment that day, but she says she thinks Nations was with her, but cannot be certain. Yeah. Nations also told the newspaper that his children are his life and that any run-ins with people in the Colorado woods he may have had were because he was trying to protect his kids. Mountain bikers were zooming by too close to their tent, so he placed logs on the path and had a confrontation with one rider while he happened to be holding a hatchet. The episode on the road, he said, was when another car almost ran them off the road, endangering his family. He admits to having anger issues driven by his PTSD, but says that he would never attack anyone. But we know he attacked his wife, Caitlin, who has said that she is afraid of him. She said publicly she is afraid of him. The evidence keeps pouring in. At this point, the facts are undeniable. It's an open and shut case. Monopoly Go is the most fun you can have in a mobile game. Everyone is still talking about Monopoly Go for a good reason. It is an absolute hit. Millions of people pass Go every day because this game is always bringing something new to the table. Like countless crazy tournaments, you can join with your friends as partners or teams. Or timed events, offering bonuses like massive multipliers or rent frenzies to help you get huge rewards. And there's so many rewards to discover. Rare stickers you can trade with friends to complete albums. Delightful emojis to taunt people with when you raid their riches. Unique playing pieces and so much more. The verdict is in. With Monopoly Go, there's something new to discover every time you play. So don't miss out. Go download it now free on the App Store and Google Play. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. We all carry around different stressors, big and small. When we keep them bottled up, it can start to affect us negatively. Therapy is a safe space to get things off your chest and to figure out how to work through whatever's weighing you down. If you're thinking of starting therapy, I highly recommend that you give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com garage today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash garage. This show is proudly sponsored by BetterHelp. Check out BetterHelp.com slash garage today. Do you want to set your child up for success? Of course you do. That's why you need to check out IXL Learning today. 
IXL Learning is an online learning program for kids covering math, language arts, science, and social studies. IXL is designed to help them really understand and master topics in a fun way. It's powered by advanced algorithms. IXL gives the right help to each kid, no matter the age or personality. There's one site for all kids in your home pre-K to 12th grade. Kids could use it at home on their computer or on an app on your phone or a tablet. No more grading those worksheets. IXL grades everything for you. One in four students in the U.S. are learning with IXL. IXL is used in 95 of the top 100 school districts in the U.S. I love recommending IXL learning. Kids can learn at home or on the go. And all my friends and family that are using it absolutely love it because it's so easy to set up and so easy to use. And even the kids that I've recommended it to their parents have told me, hey, Captain, thank you. I was having problems in math and my parents couldn't help me, but IXL could. Do you want to get your kids back on track or do you just want to get your kids ahead? Do so with IXL Learning. Make an impact on your child's learning. Get IXL now. And True Crime Garage listeners, get an exclusive 20% off IXL membership when you sign up today at IXL.com slash garage. Visit IXL.com slash garage to get the most effective learning program out there at the best price. Check out IXL.com slash garage today. Warmer, sunnier days are calling. Fuel up for them with factors, no prep, no mess meals. Meet your wellness goals in time for summer thanks to the menu of chef-crafted meals with options like Calorie Smart, Protein Plus, and Keto. Factors fresh, never-frozen meals are dietitian approved and ready to eat in just two minutes. So no matter how busy you are, you'll always have time to enjoy nutritious, great-tasting meals. With 35 different meals and more than 60 add-ons to choose from every week, you'll always have new flavors to explore. Crush your wellness goals this May with dietitian approved meals and ingredients that you can trust. Make your day delicious from breakfast to dessert. Stay fueled with easy, nutritious options. Treat yourself to restaurant-quality meals that feature premium ingredients like filet mignon, shrimp, and blackened salmon. I am new to Factor, and I have been loving every minute of it. I have a problem, and it's called lunch. Some days I need a pack of lunch, and some days I work from home. Whether I'm at home or whether I'm on the go, Factor is fueling my lunch from now on. Head to factormeals.com slash truecrimegarage50 and use code truecrimegarage50 to get 50% off your first box, plus 20% off your next month. That's code truecrimegarage50 at factormeals.com slash truecrimegarage50 to get 50% off your first box, plus 20% off your next month while your subscription is active. All right, cheers, mates. Cheers to you, Captain. I'm for. I, I'm cheersing the glass right now. We have glass between us now <laughs> in the studio, so I can't cheers you directly. I'm. I'm. I'm just cheersing the glass that now separates us. Well, for all of our old episodes where there wasn't glass between us, 
go to the Stitcher app, download it. It's free. And check out our bonus weekly show called Off the Record on Stitcher Premium. Yes, yes. We are like Howard Stern and Robin Quivers. They've they've had to separate us. All right, so where we left off was they they basically said, hey, we don't think Nation was involved as far as Tim's death. Or at least they can't connect him to the crime scene. Right. And so we're taking him back to Indiana because there's a possibility he's involved with the Delphi murders. Mm-hmm. But he'll he'll eventually move back to Colorado or at least go there to attempt to gain custody of his children. What we do have is some statements from police regarding could Daniel Nations have been involved in the deaths of Abby and Libby. And this comes from October 3rd in 2017 when the Indiana State Police stated that they could not specifically include or exclude Daniel Nations as a suspect in the Delphi homicides. Right. But on the anniversary of Liberty Germain and Abigail Williams' death, this is in February of 2018, the state police superintendent Carter announced Nations was, quote, not a person that we care a whole lot about at this point in time. End quote. They went on to say that until the perpetrator is caught, Nations will technically remain a person of interest in the case. But Carter said that they've talked to many persons of interest and identified these persons of interest have been identified in 30,000 tips. Right. And he stated that we feel confident that there was no involvement. Uh, For those of you who believe that Nations resemblance to the sketch is uncanny that can be hard to swallow. And I, and I know that he remained and probably will remain a suspect in that case as far as, you know, the internet sleuths go in, in that population. Right. Um, here's the thing, though, that's tricky about the Delphi case and about Daniel Nations as being a, a possible suspect. Is there any reason to believe? I mean, it doesn't take much to jump to the leap that possibly there was DNA found in the Delphi case and that they took a sample from Daniel nations and it excluded him. Yeah. I mean, that's the speculation. Right. I mean, we, we don't know for certain if there was DNA that was found in that case, but you know, uh, I'm, I'm if, a- if there was, I mean, for, for them to say that he's, I mean, what was the quote? He's, he's not someone we really care a whole lot about at this point in time. Yeah, regarding see, their investigation. I'm guessing they don't because if they did and they tested him and he didn't match, then they would say, we cleared this individual and it's time to move forward. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, we speculated from day one whether or not they had DNA in the Delphi murders. And I'm saying they don't mm-hmm. because all these guys that keep coming forward as possible suspects, it takes some time, normally a couple weeks. And then they say, we're not really interested in that person. They're not mm-hmm. clearing people. Mm-hmm. Well, you can clear people if you have DNA. Right. And I just don't think they do. Well, the other thing, too, I've heard Daniel Nation's voice in several interviews. Mm-hmm. And it doesn't line up with the audio that we have from the Delphi murders. That's in the my down the hill clip. Right. And that's just in my untrained ear. Mm-hmm. I, I want to throw this caveat out there that. I think that the audio clip from the Delphi case, the down the hill clip, 
I almost feel like it's too fast, too short to really try to line it up with the with somebody else's, you know, a sample of their voice from something else. The other thing, too, which would be difficult for Daniel Nations to be the perpetrator, it, it, it certainly throws a wrench in the possibility, is... Okay, so we, hatchet. we have this questionable alibi. Was he at the ultrasound with his wife that day, or was he not? Right, she's afraid of him, too, so is she making this stuff up? Well, but no, she's the one that says, I, I, don't, I can't say for certain that he was there. Right. She says, I think he was there, but I can't say 100%. But I think they normally have multiple times where they do an ultrasound. So that's where she could be confusing, where it's like, eh, was he there at that one or was it a different one? The thing that's not in question is she did have one scheduled for that day. That seems to be, that's right. that's been combed over, you know, and, and looked through already. That did happen. There was one scheduled for that day. So where I'm going with this is, let's say if he was there, then that excludes him. He has He has a legitimate alibi. He couldn't have been. Right. The bridge guy. Yeah, but if if he wasn't there with her, the thing that puts the throws a wrench into that investigation mm-hmm. as him being a suspect, Daniel Nations and his wife Caitlin, they shared a vehicle and he lived quite a ways away from Delphi. If she was at the ultrasound with their vehicle and he was not, he may still not have had the ability right. to transport himself to the Delphi area. Yeah. How did how did he get there? Right. Yeah. So, yeah, that becomes a a big question. And I know that Daniel Nations, his whole thing kind of hijacks this storytelling of Tim Watkins' case. Yeah. And, it, I mean, it really does. It, it really overshadowed Tim Watkins' case. And, of course, the Delphi case was national news. Yeah, but I, I think it's irresponsible in, in the Tim Watkins' case to even rule Daniel Nations out. Well, I don't think, I don't think you can. And and I don't know that, I don't think their statement. I mean, we're not talking about an area that has a ton of crime and yes, there's people shooting guns a lot. So there's multiple possibilities of an accidental shooting that is then taken to the next level. But we have a crazy guy. That's what people call him. That's what people that knew him call him a nut. He's in that area and he is threatening people with a a violent weapon. And on top of that, he has access to a gun that can end somebody's life within a couple bullets. Mm -hmm. And he's the number one suspect in the Tim Watkins case, as far as I'm concerned. And, And if law enforcement doesn't have leads and they have nothing to go on, go back around again with Daniel nations Mm -hmm. and see if you can come up with something. Right. Right. And I don't think that they've cleared him, you know, because their statement right, is right, just right. simply, we cannot connect him to the crime scene. We have nothing linking him to the crime scene. Well, on the, which the, doesn't mean we're, they're like, nope, this isn't our guy. Right. They're still leaving that door open. Right. And there could be some avenue that they're going down and trying to connect him to that they're just not making public. Now, Tim Watkins' murder case is, it's still considered an open case. I don't. I don't know that it's been technically ruled a cold case at this point. And I know nowadays that's not really a phrase that investigators like to throw around. And I think cold it case. Right. And I think it would be irresponsible uh, to do so. And 
they here's what we do know though uh-huh. that more than 250 leads came into the El Paso County Sheriff's Office following the shooting, including the most recent substantive. Uh, there there was a there was some hope for this case in March of 2018. There was a uh, they publicly stated that there was a lead that came in that they were very interested in. My guess is that it didn't it didn't go anywhere because. Right. I mean, here we are a year later, and that doesn't seem to have materialized into anything. Yeah, the the term cold case, that, that's probably more for Hollywood mm-hmm. and that kind of thing. But, uh, yeah, it doesn't seem like they have much to go off of, and spe- especially when you can't test the bullets. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's a big piece of evidence. And you take somebody like Nations or you take – Anybody that caliber, a brain, let's say, that would possibly be able to go from an accidental shooting to homicide. You're Mm -hmm. talking about his body's 50 yards. Tim Watkins' body was 50 yards, roughly, from his bicycle, Mm -hmm. and they didn't find him, and they were searching for him. Right. So, hopefully... One day, somebody's hiking or riding their bike, and they stumble upon a gun. And maybe that will be the big break. Mm-hmm. Because with all this, let's let's just say Daniel Nations had a, another gun that he, he could have easily disposed of this gun. And if somebody was, if somebody was of the right mind. Well, I can't say that because they would be a murderer. But if they're trying to actually cover up the fact that they murdered somebody, you're t- again, it's vastness where you could bury a gun and nobody's going to find it. Mm-hmm. Well, we also have the, we still have the lawsuit to get through. This was the one that uh, was brought forward by the Gazette, by the newspaper. Yeah, because there's some interesting stuff that is brought to light due to that lawsuit. So. On July 20th, this is of 2018 of last year, in the course of testimony during the lawsuit initiated by the Gazette, remember, they're seeking the release of Tim Watkins' autopsy reports. The newspaper was looking for information as to the number of shots, uh, the bullet trajectory and distance, and any wounds to the body. A prosecutor and top investigator on the case both testified during this lawsuit and during their testimony, they said that unless new clues surface an arrest is unlikely while authorities hope that someone comes forward with new information, the hunt for Watkins killer or killers has otherwise potentially turned into a cold case. Um, This is what we talked about last week, captain, when you and I first started talking about, uh, Tim Watkins case. And we actually have had his case on the books for, uh, what a handful of weeks, if not a couple of months. Yeah. And so we both kind of briefly looked into this as we were leading up to this week. But last week was the first time that you and I spoke about it in our, in our interesting weekly meetings that we have. Yeah. Where, <laughs> where I become a, uh, psychopath and pick up the phone and give you a call. 
And like they used to do in the 80s. I feel like we have a couple of scenarios here that are possible. Mm-hmm. And, and so a lot of times, look, I, I like to look at things like this. You look. When, when, you have, when, you have, when you go to a crime scene, let's say, you have th- things, items that you could find that could lead to evidence. But in some sense, if you have nothing there, that too is evidence. So mm-hmm. what I like to do is when we look at these cases, not just look at the case itself, but look at the investigation to try to get some insight into what maybe law enforcement who have the details of the cases that know the specifics about the cases, what what are they working? What angles are they working to try to, for us on the outside looking in to figure out what is likely has happened here. Mm -hmm. And I really feel like the holding back of the autopsy, it kind of, and this is, this is not going to be, this is going to be a bit of a Debbie downer moment, I think for the investigation. But again, this is just my speculation. I think that the holding back of the autopsy to me shows that they law enforcement might firmly believe that this is a stranger on stranger attack, that it was a stranger on stranger murder and that they need to hold back what little information the murderer would have that nobody else would have. Right. And try to get it confession right if they if they happen along if they happen to come across the right person the actual perpetrator and they get into a situation where they're questioning them to get information that only he or she or they could deliver and why i say that this is probably a debbie downer moment for i believe for the investigation is that these stranger on stranger attacks are so difficult to solve. Yeah. These cases are incredible. I mean, you, you, a regular murder case can be quite difficult on its own, but then you factor in that they have, the two have no connection to one another. The, the victim and the perpetrator have no connection to one another other than they happen to be in the same place at the same time when the murder occurred. And if they can't get any ballistics from any of the gunshots, that's, I mean, now you can't even link your victim to a possible murder weapon. So unfortunately I feel like unless they end up talking to the right person or like they say, unless new clues come to the surface, unless the public comes forward and says something, then this case might go cold. The other thing though here, and now I'm going to put in a little criticism. If in fact they do know what kind of, uh, caliber of gun was used. I think that law enforcement should release that information. And I say that because that might be the only thing that you can connect your perpetrator to this crime. Because if you're asking the public for help, maybe somebody can remember, look, this happened. This likely happened when most people would have been at work. It was during the, during the daytime, during the week. So is there a wife out there somewhere or a relative or a friend out there somewhere that knows, you know what? I remember talking to so-and-so they told me they were going out to this area and to, to sport shoot that day. Yeah. And they took their gun. Oh, 
I've been out hunting with him or her. I've been out, I've been out shooting with this individual and they have that caliber of gun. Well, at the very least I could call it in and say, Hey, look, this person's a good, I believe they are a good person, but I just want you to be aware they own that caliber of gun. They told me they were sports shooting in that area around that time. I mean, yeah, is it is it the the uh, significant breadcrumb trail that you would hope for? No, mm-hmm. but it's also a lead. It's one more person to talk to. It's something. Right, right. So I hope that if they do have, if they know the caliber of weapon that was used in this murder, I hope that they come out and tell us at some point. They might not need to release the entire autopsy uh, for us to have that information. It could still be helpful. The thing with the autopsy, though, and we talked about some speculation where somebody interviewed kind of described what they saw when they were there when they found Tim's body. And I think what we're probably another thing that 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 kind of suggests to me that this might be stranger on stranger. We talked about the scenario of Watkins possibly approaching this individual, right? Well, the person in the interview said that there was possibly a gunshot wound to the hand. That, to me, almost seems like, I mean, can you kind of picture that in your head, Captain, where maybe the the first shot is an accidental shot that hits the front or hits the tire of Tim's bike. Uh Tim gets off the bike and decides to approach the person, and and then they raise their gun. And as a natural reaction, you're going to do a couple things. You're going to hit the deck, you're going to you're going to run, or you're going to put your hand up. And I wonder if he confronted the person or saw that that to me kind of points to the 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 suggestion that he was looking and facing the person as they ro- as, as they raised the gun to him. Yeah, it's just it's sad overall though because Tim seemed like such a great guy and seemed like somebody like you said in his 60s but somebody that you'd love to hang out with have a beer with yeah well well and those those type of people that are very passionate about something they can be inspiration they can be inspirational when you when you meet them and when you speak with them mm, you that's know one of the reasons why we love going to crime con right it's not so much that that you know you could have a beer with tim and you'd be like man i'm getting right into mountain biking tomorrow mm-hmm. it's more so that you see somebody that's so involved in something that they love and care about that it could simply inspire you to dive further into something that you love and care about, something that interests you. Mm-hmm. Now, one thing we didn't go into much detail of, but I think we should discuss it here, Captain, is the other cyclist that was shot in Colorado. There was no connection, or at least there's never been an announced connection to Tim's case, to the other case of a cyclist shooting in Colorado. Yeah, correct. So the details of that case are this. In in May of 2015, John Jacoby was murdered while biking on a rural road in Windsor, Colorado, near Fort Collins. He was shot twice sometime around 10.15 a.m. The caliber of bullets has not been released. Jacoby was known throughout town as a friendly grocer, uh, grocery store clerk and parks system worker, and he rode his bike everywhere. There was seemingly no motive or reason for the Jacoby murder. 
Police have forensically linked this case to an April 2015 shooting of Corey Romeo. I'm sorry, Romero, as she was driving on Harmony Road in Fort Collins, about five miles from where Jacoby was shot. These incidents took place two years prior to Tim Watkins' death and 115 miles away from Palmer Lake. But both of these, so these cases pretty far away. are pretty far away, but they have been forensically linked together, and they both are unsolved to this day. Yeah, and then again you wonder, is there a lone sniper somewhere? Mm. And is there other shootings that have not been reported because they've been misses and people just took it up, you know, with the idea that I was on a trail and a, man, a bullet almost hit me. Well, was that bullet an accident or was it on purpose? Well, and then maybe possibly a different gun used in this right. Tim Watkins case. The most recent development in Watkins case, uh, the trailhead to Limbaugh Canyon off of Mount Herman road, where Tim was found was blocked off again with crime scene tape put up this was in august of 2018 nearly a year after tim's murder right now the el paso county sheriff's office spokesperson jackie kirby would not confirm whether the activity was related to the watkins case only saying that the crime tape and trail closure is part of an active investigation yeah okay we can read between the lines meanwhile a year ago someone put up a sign along the trail near where Tim was found reading to whomever killed Tim Watkins, leave a time and date and location. Let's finish this up. You will not win. This is not your mountain. This is our mountain. This is Tim's mountain. The sign is no longer there, but the frustration remains. Rest in peace, Tim Watkins. Well, Colonel, do we have any recommended reading? Why, Captain, yes, sir, we do. This week we are recommending Shallow Graves, The Hunt for the New Bedford Highway Serial Killer. This was actually a gift, this book that I'm holding right here. Mm -hmm. Somebody sent me this for Christmas, and I failed to bring along with me their name. But you know who you are. (laughs) You know who you are. That's right. I'm talking to you and thanking you. But uh Thank you, whoever you are. Not only want to thank them for this wonderful gift, but I did. I just completed the book, and mm. it's very good. So check out Shallow Graves, The Hunt for the New Bedford Highway Serial Killer. This is a case that uh, I think sending this book was hopeful inspiration that we would one day cover this case. Right. And it's about uh, nine women aged 19 to 36 who were strangled and left along the highways circling New Bedford, Massachusetts, back in 1988. Shallow Graves, check it out. You can go to truecrimegarage.com, click on the recommended page, and we will have that listed there for you. And for everything True Crime Garage, check out truecrimegarage.com. And until next week, you better be good, be kind, and don't litter.
this episode of Plant Killers, we'll explore one nation's most notorious fruit and vegetable killer, bad dirt. What makes bad dirt so bad? The answer, the ingredients. But fear not, true crime enthusiasts. This story has a happy ending. New miracle Grow organic raised bed in garden soil. It's made with quality organic ingredients from upcycled green waste like compost and aged bark. Unlike the other guys who can't say the same. Looks like bad dirt's murdering days are over. Thanks to miracle Grow. Join us next time on Plant Killers.